The Toronto Maple Leafs are undefeated in 2023, and the Leafs cast is back! Let's go! This is Dubas's team. It is the best team. Are you guys disrespecting my fourth line? I love that fourth line more than my daughter. Scoring-wise, totally unprecedented. This guy is on fire. This needs to be fixed or we're not going anywhere. Deal with better than 40 goals a year? 80 goals a year, which is what he's getting with Mitch Marner. I think you guys are crazy. Stop it. Tim, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Ryan, you are wrong. (laughs) Welcome to the Leafs cast with Steven, Ryan, and Tim. Welcome back to the Leafs cast. It's been a hot minute. Been a while. Chris, good to have Kayla back. I was going to say, we had a lot of of good moments in that pod. Although, like, me telling you you that you're wrong, Ryan, that could have been taken from, like, any of them. (laughs) I had a plethora to choose from. I mean, we're going on three years now of the pod, right? I think we... No, we started in 2021. Two years. Many seasons, two years. Feels like a decade with the way this team plays in the playoffs. I think we've gone through three playoffs. Haven't we gone through three playoff runs? Like, the oh Montreal playoffs wasn't our first playoff. I think our first one was Columbus. It's been a while. Yeah. And let me tell you, we've been sweating over this team long before then. Welcome back to the Leafs cast. First pod of 2023. Gentlemen, happy 2023. New Year's Day. I lied. Montreal was our first playoffs. Uh, we started February 2021. Do you, get, okay. do you guys have any Toronto Maple Leaf related New Year's resolutions? Leafs related ones? Yeah, strictly Maple Leaf related ones. I have one. I, I have a tendency. Wait, what is yours? When, I'm when like, the Maple where can Leafs, I change? When the Leafs go down by three goals, I just get really angry and just shut it off and, and walk away. And, and I'm not going to do that this year. In 2023, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay faithful and watch right to the end. That's what I've decided. Wow. Okay, so Ryan's going to have gray hairs by the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, that hasn't happened one time. I was going to say, I don't think it's happened yet. So I, I don't think I'm in that bad of bad of news here. I, I guess it happened if I had week. one, I'd say it's the opposite because <laughs> I, I don't turn it off. Right. If they're down, you know, yeah. Uh, three goals at the end of the first, I'm turning it off and I'm putting on something like the world juniors where Canada always wins. Oh boy. You mean the Connor Bedard except show? For, except for when they don't. Yeah. That guy makes you want to, it makes you want to tank. Tim, what's yours? I um, I want to only watch the Leafs win. That's wow. my goal. Okay. Any game I watch, the Leafs will be winning that game. How many games are you planning on watching before now and the, the end of the season? All the games. All right. So it's been a minute since we potted. I don't want to say how long it's been, but it's been a long time. And uh, the Leafs have done well. Um. We are sitting second in the division. As uh, always. Most games played. You yeah, could have clipped yeah, really, you saying uh, that and applied it to most of the last five seasons. <laughs> There's always one team that's just ahead of us. Anyway, um, and we, I mean, there's so many games to talk about really since the last time we potted. I guess we can pick and choose a few things that have happened uh, roster wise, you know, changes no major trades, but we've had a handful of guys coming back from injury. I'm trying to think if we've had any. How dare you impugn the honor of Dennis Malgin? Oh, I thought oh. I thought you were talking about Morgan Riley. If we have anyone substantial coming back off injury. Oh no, Dennis Malgin is gone. We got some no name back, but no name. You're talking about Hunt. Ethan Hunt is on Dryden our team. Hunt. Oh, Dryden. <laughs> you know he's a hockey guy if his name's Dryden. <laughs> Nobody's named. You guys ever met anybody named Dryden? No. no. I think there's a Star Wars guy in the solo movie named Dryden or something. <laughs> um. Anyway, so but so the you know the Leafs play as of late, like specifically the, this past week. Um. You know we had a six-two win over the Avalanche last night on New Year's Eve. Um, over a, Dennis Malgin. Yep. <laughs> a, uh, the Dennis Malgin led Avalanche. Uh, a six to three loss to the Coyotes two nights before that. Uh, a five four win over the Blues. Uh, a four to three win over the Flyers. Big four to one win over the Lightning, and a five to two loss to the Capitals. So, 
what I remember about that Capitals game and the Coyotes game is it's, I think, the only two games that the Leafs had lost by more than two goals this season. Yeah. Or is it three goals? Something like that. I'm just saying we've had a lot of close close games and the losses have been close, but that Capitals game and the Coyotes game stand out as games where the, the Leafs just really didn't, I guess, play up to snuff defensively. Maybe you got to take the empty net goals into effect as well. Yes. But at the same time, like the, the goal tally doesn't matter as much as, as how you played, right? In that Arizona game in particular, which is more recent, I, I didn't even remember that far back from the Washington game. The Arizona game, we were just like very not good. And we're, you know, that's like the classic. We're supposed to win that game. For some reason, we just cannot beat the Arizona Coyote. We were even on, like, I don't even going to call it a barn. We were in their, like, their shed, whatever you call that tiny little arena that we're playing in. We couldn't even beat them in that. But I think what's most important, and you can look at the same thing with that Washington game, is the next game after that is the game against Tampa where we dominate them and win 4 1. And then just, couple nights ago or last last night i guess um colorado 6-2 win so if if i were to uh know that because every team loses you know you just saw boston lose to buffalo how embarrassing but what matters is what do you do the next game do you do you come back and, and stop the bleeding and you stop it at one loss or do you kind of spiral and you start to lose your confidence and beliefs they just they stop it i don't even remember the last time that we lost have we lost three in a row this season not probably since the very early when the world was on fire back when Sheldon's Keefe was on the hot seat that's right no the abs win definitely like I I didn't overreact so much to that Coyotes loss maybe part of it's because like I'm just existing in a post-Christmas haze um where I like didn't even really know what day of the week it was and stuff but then uh yeah you come back with this game against the abs a much better team where like the like I feel like we all had a good feeling the Leafs were going to show up for that game, and they did. But a huge part of that, I mean, you know, we got the goal support, but like goaltending in that game was substantial. When I look at some of the recent games where the Leafs have, you know, struggled, like I don't feel like it's the defense falling apart. It's been more of just like Ilya Samsonov, Sammy Smiles being a little leaky, Matt Murray, not the case, especially the beginning of last night's game. Um, He's been he's been excellent. I mean, it's it's saves that were made at the beginning of the season that now are all of a sudden not being made. You look at the goals against, and all of a sudden, instead of ones and twos, it's threes and fours. And you know, our offense has been clicking, which is partially why we kept winning. But it kind of shows maybe our team isn't as good as we thought it was when we were getting nine thirty, nine thirty five save percentage, and now we're getting closer to nine ten, nine fifteen save, which is still good. But uh, it's, I guess we should have saw it coming more so. It was just the last pod that we did that I was saying, you know, I finally have confidence in our goaltending. You forget how early in the season, we're not even at the all-star break yet. You know, we're just at Christmas now. It's still pretty early and things fluctuate, things go up and down. I I agree with you, Stephen Murray and Samsoff both are probably a little bit of a down right now. And we'll see how long it lasts before they go back up or is this where they're at or does it keep falling down? Like you don't, unfortunately with goalies, you really don't know. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not too worried. Like I think when we brought these guys in, we brought them in, not necessarily wanting, like needing them to steal games, but they just can't lose games for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd say like so far of the games that like we've lost, none of those, I'd say those losses are on the goalies. Like, I've noticed like the players don't necessarily like maybe not all of them come to play. Um, so while it's been maybe a little, a little disappointing that we're not have two Vesna goaltenders all lined up for the rest of the season. It's like not concerning. I've, we've seen far worse goaltenders play for the Maple Leafs over the past couple of years than what we've seen in the past month. What's interesting though. And- go ahead, Steven. I was going to say, and at least it's not Jack Campbell between the pipes. And Jack Campbell <laughs> lost the right starting now. job at Edmonton. Yeah. Well, for Completely. now, we'll see. I, I was going to say what's interesting is, you know, you have the, in theory, you get the two tandem goaltenders so that one, when one starts to stumble, you can rely on the other goaltender. We've seen it a couple times now where, and we just saw most recently where Matt Murray was in against Arizona and had quite a not good game. I think he was in net for five goals against against the Arizona Coyotes. And instead of Sheldon Keefe saying, okay, Samsonov, it's it's your turn now. Like we're gonna rely on you for a bit. 
he just puts Matt Murray right back out there against the defending Stanley Cup champions with Nathan McKinnon coming back from injury and all of a sudden, uh, but he's good. And I remember the last time, I forget who the opponents were, but the last time Murray had an off game, Chief just put him right back in there and he was great the next game. So maybe it's it's more so getting them back in there and not letting them sit on the loss and dwell on the failure, I guess. And it, the, Having the two goaltenders is more just about workload management, giving each guy a break every now and then. The Leafs always play well against the uh, Avs too, especially like recently. We beat the crap out of them a lot. I went there a couple of years ago after American Thanksgiving in November uh, to watch the Leafs. That was the like second game I think that Sheldon Keefe had coached or something. And it was when uh, uh, Tyson oh Berry, gosh, not Tyson Berry, scored his first goal, uh, and I didn't bring a coat to Colorado in December <laughs> or November. By the way, I did. Decided I didn't need a coat. All all of our Denver listeners are laughing at you right now. (laughs) All right. So uh, one thing I want to talk about uh, a little bit, like like game scores aside, um, there was some drama surrounding the Maple Leafs in their first game after Christmas against the Blues. Two things. Sheldon Keefe fined $25,000 for what? For conduct conduct towards... (laughs) <laughs> the, to, towards the refs and the Maple Leafs find a hundred thousand dollars for a travel violation for traveling on the 26th, which is a blackout period. I want to talk about both of them. Which one do you guys want to talk about first? Keith. Talk about Keith. So, um, I mean, mostly warranted. I thought the, the, you know, the officiating, I mean, in so many of our games has been a mess, but Sheldon Keefe more than other coaches definitely gets really fired up and he was extremely fired up in this one on, Oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on his name now. Who's the ref? Wes, Wes McCauley. You always come to me for the names of the refs. Well, cause I, he's on the list. I'm watching that game at my parents' house and I was like, He's in Tim's book. <laughs> he's in Tim's book. And my mom's loving it. It's brought, I mean, like it's, Sheldon Keefe, I'm sure, remembers. Like, I remember in Game 7, Wes McCauley with that totally garbage-blown call, which all of us are over and not dwelling on, um, where, like, the the innocent little pick, which happens 8,000 times a game, Wes McCauley took upon himself to decide the fate of the playoffs and said, no, I'm going to steal a goal from the Maple Leafs and call this play. And then the exact same play happened against, was it the Lightning? I think it was the Lightning. Or is it uh, the Flyers? You're just stretching up the pass. This has nothing to do with what happened in St. Louis. No, it does. No, it he, missed, it he missed the play. It's the same. He was ticked. No, no, right. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. Wait a minute. That's not wait, why he I... was ticked. Well, he was ticked about sorry, a few wait. things. It was a but high sticking. Like... It was, it was uh, what's his name on our team that was on the bench bleeding Zach from Aston Zach Osterese bleeding from his mouth. And there was no call. It's nothing to well, do with this. What are you talking about? You're just putting words at their mouth. It's nothing to do with this interference or past history. No, that play he happened that game. He also missed. He, I think it, it was the high stick that put him over the edge. But he was definitely jawing at Wes McCauley earlier on. And like like all through saying, the game. What? Like Wes learned how to do an interference? Like, no, he's just ticked that he, the call wasn't he, made. You, you're making too much. He used much more colorful language than that, Ryan. <laughs> the goal that... Um, Oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name now. Whatever Jabroni on the Blues uh, scored the game tying goal on was a similar pick play, um, and I, I think what Tim's getting at more, Rye, is that Keith and Wes McCauley have a bit of history here ah. because I mean I'm I'm still mad about that exact play. As far as I'm concerned, the Leafs lost Game Seven by a score of two to two. Okay, so like <laughs> I'm I still I'm still mad about it, and I think. Uh, uh, Keith clearly was, and he was off his rocker in this game. You can see him screaming like, Wes, wake up, Wes, and just, Wes, get over here, Wes. And I, I kind of love it. Um, I'm a little concerned for his, like, health. That can't be good for you. <laughs> um, but 25 grand. I think it's a standard it, fine. But, but like, how is, how is, how is Keith fine 25 grand for that? And Daryl Sittler isn't fined for Darryl calling Sutter. out Daryl Sittler. Wes McCauley is a whiner. They, here's the way referees go. Whenever they feel disrespected because they did a horrible job, they go whining to the referees union 
The referee referees union goes whining to the NHL, and the NHL gives them a slap on the wrist. Okay, okay, but hold on. I mean, you could like Sheldon Keith is the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is his job to like advocate to the refs to get the calls that he thinks he should get, or to let them know when they made a mistake so that they make it up for him in the future. But when you do what Sheldon Keith did, you you lose it. Like that wasn't a calculated decision. He was just making an emotional reaction to this missed call. If you're Wes McCauley or literally any referee in the future, looking at Sheldon Keith as he's barking out from the bench. If that were me, I'd be like, screw you, man. Like you can shout all you want. I'm going to make all the calls I want. And all our relationship is done. Like, I think that the, I think it was just a, a poor lapse of, whatever you want to call it from Sheldon Keefe. He lost his cool. I think it cost him more than the 25,000. I think it cost him a bit of his reputation moving forward with the refs. I don't think it was uh, not my favorite moment of Sheldon. I expect better. Uh, as soon as you steal a goal from a team in game seven of the Stanley cup uh, playoffs relationship dead for the rest of your I'm life. I'm not saying the refs don't deserve it. I'm saying it's Sheldon Keefe's job. It doesn't matter. Listen, when you're t- Steven, you're a dad. Tell me if I'm wrong. If your kid is yelling and screaming and whining, does that make you want to help them any more than if they were polite and well-mannered and said, excuse me, sir, I think you missed this call. Look at my bloody man on the bench. No, it's a fair point. That's a fair point. I, I, I'd agree with you right there. But I mean, like if Sheldon Keefe, you know, does isn't passionate and maybe can't sway a ref or two by, by showing that he's passionate, um, he could be out of a job, right? I mean, like Sheldon Keefe's like trying to win games so that he has a job next year and stuff like that. So I, I mean, like I, for, for me, like you do have a point, Ryan, in that like, oh, you're kind of poisoned the well, like you're disrespecting the refs. I think there is like no respect there to begin with. Like the refs are there to do their job. If they're if they can't stay like emotional and like they're gonna start making jobs emotional, it makes them even worse. Like I th- I'd say Sheldon Keefe won over his team with that. Like Guys respect that the coach is willing to go up to bat for them. Like if Kelton Keefe isn't yelling at the ref, it's my, it's Michael Bunting yelling at the ref. Yeah, and like Michael Bunting gets shoved by the refs. So. Uh, yeah, exactly. We already know what the refs think of Michael it, Bunting. <laughs> it, it is honestly though pretty embarrassing that you've got Zach Aston Reese. Oh, sorry, I said Bunting. Face, but what's his name? Uh, he's hanging his face over the ice, bleeding onto the ice. Right. And the refs just like kind of continue the game. I mean, at the same time, you've I, seen other times where the refs have called the high stick and it was the o- player's own stick that clipped them in the face. So like it's it's a fast game. We all hate the refs, but it's definitely a hard job. and They're not going to catch everything. I, I think it was I've been the watching wrong call, but it's, it's what it is. I've been watching a ton of the world juniors, a ton of it. And they call a ton of five minute majors, first of all. But I love the way that it's officiated. They it, the game goes a little bit slower, but the amount of times that they they stop and like take a breath, look at the replay of something that happened, and assess whether like whether the penalty is you know valid, should be more, whatever. Like I've been I've been loving that. What, um, what about when they like look at the replay and kick the Canada guy out for a clean play in the corner? Well, yeah, that's, I mean, some of it, like, yeah, some of it they've been a little strict on, but I'm saying that I like, I like it when they go back and look and say that this is a two that should be a five when it's the right call, I guess is what I'm saying. So I don't know. And then you go back to the NHL, yeah, where it's just like a total mess. Um, All right. 25 grand aside, a hundred grand, a drop in the bucket. I've dedicated at least a hundred grand of my dollars towards the Maple Leafs so they can pay this off. But they were uh, fined a hundred thousand dollars for traveling on the 26th. Did you guys dig into the story at all? 10.30 p.m. on the 26th. Yeah, so that's uh, there's a rule for those unaware, which most probably are unaware. I was unaware. Um, even if you play a game on the 27th, you cannot travel on the 26th. Between the 24th, 25th, and 26th, the NHL is in blackout. You can't be traded. You can't be cut. You can't be fired. Nothing. Uh, maybe you can be fired, but you can, certainly cannot travel. Um, and the Leafs, everybody, they were ready to fly at 12.01 PM on the 27th or 12.01 AM on the 27th. And everybody was ready to go early. And they said, let's hit, let's hit the road. Let's fly and find a hundred grand. Isn't that interesting? 
I wonder like the Leafs. where that hundred grand goes. Cause like you can imagine the Arizona Coyotes do that. And it's like, Oh no, the team is bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> scheduling, it's, uh, scheduling guy loses I, his job. I just can't believe that like the, I, I get, I get where the league's coming from, but that like they would expect that it's fair, right? That the Maple Leafs would have to, well, it's, do that, it's, right? it's in guess, the like, CBA, like that the players negotiate, right? Like I, I, I didn't do too much looking into it, but I think it, it makes sense. Like, I don't think the Maple Leafs should have done it. I mean, what, what, I think the players all signed off on it. Yeah. But, but what you're, what you're missing though, if, if you're Matthews or Marner or something and you sign off on it, sure. But if you're, you know, Zach Austin Reese, or you're like one of the, the fringe guys, what are you going to say? Sorry, guys, I don't want to do this. I want to spend an extra couple hours with my family. Sorry, I, I put myself over the team. Like, of course not. That's why the, the CBA exists. That's why, like, so decisions like this don't have to be made. They're not allowed to be made. I don't think it really, I, get, I don't know. Maybe we should talk about it too much longer because it doesn't really matter at this point. But it, it's there for a reason. Like, they knew it was a thing. I don't know why they did it. There's no way that. Brendan Pridham knows every single bit of detail about how the salary cap works, but doesn't know that there's a hundred thousand dollar fine if he plane leaves half hour early. I mean, I think it, I think it was more like, oh, the players can get a couple hours sleep and go to bed at like eleven or midnight rather than at three a.m. on like game day. So but like, it doesn't matter, Tim. It's whatever whatever logic you put it, you are not allowed to do it for the. And it's not but, just like it doesn't matter if the players agree to it; they should not be allowed to be asked to do. It. And that's it. Um, uh, Tim, what were you missed there too? The Arizona Coyotes actually couldn't be put in the situation. They ask, they ask the players to drive themselves <laughs> to each away game. So the league can't totally monitor, um, you know, when uh, Clayton Keller's Honda civic pulls out of his apartment garage on the way to, on the long drive to Minnesota yes, on the 27th of December. <laughs> Next time, just like take all the players away from their families on the 23rd. Really? What the, the right. problem is the NHL should stop scheduling games the day. Like, so the players have to travel and get there on the day. Just push the games back a day if it matters that much. They don't want to. Do I, I bet if the Leafs travel, like if they played it by the rules or whatever, like, like if the, as the league wanted, right? And like flew in the morning or something like that to St. Louis, they would have lost. I mean, you feel like crap after a long flight and. They would have lost. The Leafs paid a hundred thousand dollars to win, and good old Willie Styles got the overtime winner. And I don't know. I'm happy they did it. Hundred thousand dollars well spent. So eight hundred and twenty thousand dollars to win every game of the season by my math. That's not good All math, right? right. Oh, yeah, I guess Wait it's eighty-two thousand. <laughs> no. Anyway, hundred thousand no. times eighty-two, Ryan. <laughs> Is it eighty-two thousand? Eight point two million dollars. Yes. All right. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, so go. smart. All right. Well, okay. this isn't a math podcast. Let's move on. The burning questions. Um, what made us actually pod again was Tim. You sent uh, so, an a article report, whatever, by Kiprios of uh, just some what he, he came like, out. He came out with a few predictions. Um, basically, looking at kind of a midway point of the season, and kind of said like. I forget if you call them bold predictions or not. Some of these predictions are like pretty tame, but in the same way, these are like, these are burning questions that like least fans have about the, how the season is going to end. And we're, we're both like how the season's going to end. And then also a few, a uh, little bit of an off season preview. Oh boy. Um, do you guys want to go through one by one? You want to go through all at once and no, no one by one. No, let, let, let's go through one by one, but I want to, I want to bounce around this list a little bit. Cause I don't like the way it's, it's all right. Let's, hey, this with a good one, Stephen. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's start with number one uh, on the list. Is is Matthew Nyes will help this team? We've talked about it on the pod a little bit, but Matthew Nyes currently playing at the University of Minnesota, doing, having a good season, doing pretty well. He's Twenty years old. He's the size of Tim and Ryan combined. Are we talking like will help this team in the playoffs, or will be a like up and down guy yeah. throughout the season? Like, what are we talking about? What's the, what's the he base said like? in the in the playoffs, like specifically, like. He thinks he'll come in in the playoffs and help them out. But I think he left it a little open, like, we'll help this team. And that, he'll, just, he'll, he'll be a fact. You know what? I, I, I wouldn't put it past Keith to put Matthew Nyes in there. We saw it with Nick Robertson that for, in the bubble. It was his first NHL games he played in Columbus. 
in that in that playoff series for us. And like it, it would be even better situation for Matthew Knights because ideally we get him for some of the regular season before then, and there wouldn't be like three months of no hockey or whatever it was when COVID hit us. So it, I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't predict it. I still think that Keith and Dubis and Pridham and Shanahan have some other things in mind that we don't want to have to rely on Matthew Nyes. But uh, I, I could see Sheldon Keith saying, hey, if he's the best guy that's going to get us some wins here, then let's get him out there and hope he score a goal or two for us. Yeah, I mean, injuries are always the X factor as well. So he could come in there. But I don't know if we'll get him in the regular season. I think I think... What's his team again? Minnesota? How's Minnesota doing? Oh, oh yeah, that's what I was going what, what Where are they? Uh, I think they're in 16th out of 20. Yikes. Oh, geez. Do we even that's want this guy? A drop. They were, well, yeah, and it's it's the Frozen Four, right, is is the main, like, tournament. So, you know, not everybody. Oh, maybe not. Yeah, they're they're far off from that. If they make the Frozen Four, they, we won't see them until the playoffs if if. Yeah, they kind of fall off a wagon like they have. I guess we we could see him. I, 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 standings are hard. I, I, a hundred percent believe he's going to sign the second his season ends mm-hmm. at Minnesota this year, if not before. But like opposed to what I've opposite, I guess of what I've said before on the pod. I, I don't know. Like help this team. I just wonder. Like he's he's a big body. I've watched a ton of his highlights. Like he's a he's a power forward. He's a power forward. He just beats the crap out of everybody, moves around them, and gets right in front of the net and scores goals. It's like they 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 look like NHL goals. That said, he's got 22 points in 20 games this season, 11 goals and 11 assists. Um, that's good. That's good for college hockey. But uh, you look at like Adam Fantilli. Uh, he's playing for Team Canada at the World Juniors, not having an excellent World Juniors necessarily. And he's technically a better college hockey player than Matthew Nyes is, hmm. right? And you'd like you'd think that a guy who could help a you know Maple Leafs team would be tearing it up in college, maybe a little more. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I I think he'll make an appearance. I don't think he's get like a he'll be a factor. Part part of what works against him, and we saw at this this most recent game we played Tampa. Keith put Simmons in the lineup, Wayne Simmons, first time in a long time. We haven't seen him since. And when asked why he's in there, he said, yeah, we against Tampa, we want a little more experience in the lineup. You know who are extremely likely first round opponent in the playoffs? It's going to be, it's going to be Tampa. And if Keith is looking right now and saying, yeah, we want someone who's experienced a vet, someone who I can trust and who knows what they're doing out there. Not necessarily Simmons, but that's obviously definitely not Matthew Nice. He's the most green of yeah. all our players out there. So if if that's the case and that's the mentality that Keith has for a uh, opponent like Tampa, or I'd imagine any opponent when it comes to playoff time, maybe you're not going to see Matthew Nyes out there. Maybe he looked at the Nick Robertson experience from a couple years ago and he's learned from that and said, nope, it's not worth having the rookie out there. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see. Okay. Well, so wait, we should all give a yes or a no. Uh, does Matthew Nyes help this team this season? Yes or no? This season, yes. Playoffs, no. I'm going to just give a big no. No to both. I, I'm I'm going to give a no as well. Just because also, like, if the Leafs actually do go out and add a forward at the deadline, right? Like, just, he keeps getting pushed further and further down. And, like... And Nick Robertson, yeah. he's going to be coming back eventually, I think. And Sheldon Keefe's not going to bring this guy in to play fourth-line minutes, right? So we don't actually also, have a lot of forward depth. Like, I was kind of taking a look at it, and, and, you know, we have Robertson, who's obviously injured right now, but some of the guys that we have on our fourth line are, like, Joey Anderson or Wayne Simmons or SDA or, like, just, like, very fringe guys. We don't have a solid fourth line, so you say we're definitely not going to play him fourth line, but... No, Dryden Hunt, Ryan. Yeah, yeah Dryden just, Hunt, yeah. I, I just don't think that they will, because, like, when he played Nicky Robb, it was on the second line. Mm-hmm. Right, right away. So I just don't think that like they'll bring him in on the fourth line. Does he have That's to be why. one so of I'm, those I'm guys that, that plays in the second line or bust though? Like, what if he can make an impact on the fourth line? Like, what? Why? Why do you need to play? Why? Why does Matthew Nice need to play with Tavares and Elin to be on this team? Why can't he make it work with like Engvall and Kerfoot? 
You know what I mean? No, yeah. No, the the question was, will will he help the team? Like I I think I think he would contribute more than those guys on the fourth line. I do. I'm saying I don't think Sheldon Keefe would would do it. Like like he 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 won't because that just because that doesn't happen. Mm. Tim, do you disagree? Yeah, I I I think it's both the opportunity. I also think that like it takes a like you're saying it takes a lot to. Make it like making a difference on a college team is a lot different than making a difference in the NHL. Like unless if you're Kale McCarr jumping into the playoffs and like being like I don't think like Matthew Nyes is is gonna be great, but like we just he's not schooled a, Kale McCarr. Don't talk to me about that guy. He's dead to me. That guy's great. Uh, I I just think he's still he's still young, and I think he it's not the same playing against NHL players. So it's saying he's gonna help his team and like be a factor is big stretch from a guy who we haven't seen play in the NHL at all. All right. What's the next one? That'd be, that would be fun though. It would be, that'd be fun if he came in and I'm excited to see him. Okay. Um, the next two are kind of tied together. Yeah. I want to skip to number four, uh, tough Matthews negotiations upcoming. This is a big one. This is a big one. So I don't know where he got his, his number. He said that like, Whispers around the league is that the Matthews camp is asking for $15 million by eight years, which is far and away the highest paid contract in the NHL. Um, granted, like this number, he didn't have specific sources. I'm not sure if this is like a Matthews style number. Like we've talked about a couple different contracts, but what's also kind of what's interesting is that he said that the Leafs would balk at this number and likely drag out negotiations all through training camp. So you guys, if math, if Matthews agent came in and said like, I want $15 million a year, but I'm willing to commit my entire career. The Maple Leafs eight years. Do you sign on the dotted line? Yes or no. Go ahead, Steven. <laughs> or I can go. I have my answer ready. <laughs> go. Oh, it's, I, do exactly what the Yankees did with judge and just give the guy a blank check and say, I'll give you a 17 million. I don't care. It doesn't matter what the number is. Eight years is all that matters. I, I we were talking about this on our chat. I'd think if they were asking for a ridiculous amount for three years, you just say like, yes, because there's no number that it's not worth it. You're talking about Austin Matthews. here. The guy just won the heart trophy and scored 60, whatever goal. And who cares? He's not having a good season. For this is the guy who's going to go down as the greatest leaf in the history of the Leafs. Like of, of our hundred and whatever year franchise, he's going to be the best. And even even if you want to put aside whether this hurts or helps your team, the Maple Leafs as a franchise want Austin Matthews. You know how many Matthews jerseys are in the crowds? That, like it, and you know, part of this Toronto, they don't care because they're going to sell jerseys or whatever. But you you just want the guy in any number. If if it was fifteen million for three years, I would say yes. And I wouldn't even hesitate. Obviously, I'd try to negotiate. Otherwise, I wouldn't be a very good general manager. But I don't think that I would not be upset at Kyle Dubas if he got the guy signed at 15 million for three years. I'd say, great, we got another three years to win the cup. Because every year that Matthews is on your team, you are in contention to win the Stanley Cup. I don't disagree with Ryan. Do you disagree, Steven? I I've been thinking a ton about this. Um and like I, you know, like we watch every game. I watch the games even when the Leafs are down three. Um, and I, I, just judging by like the recent success and the comparison of like Austin Matthews to some of the other best players in the NHL, I just have a hard time justifying the idea that Austin Matthews would be worth three times, or sorry, three million dollars more than Connor McDavid in Edmonton. Who's going to put up 160 points this but, season? But Stephen, where you're wrong is Connor McDavid is not worth 12 million. Connor McDavid is worth 22 million, and he's drastically underpaid right now. So that it, it, you can't even look at it as a comparison because there is there's just no comparison because Connor McDavid isn't signing his contract this year. Do you think Connor McDavid's next contract is going to be getting 12 million by years? No, he's going to be getting 18 by years. I and I think that the difference is like. If Matthew said he wanted 15 million by eight years and you weren't sure about that, you're not going to go to Edmonton and say, Hey, I'll swap you like players like Austin Matthew. You don't win those trades. Yeah. Like, 
any any player he goes to, you're going to lose. Like, it doesn't matter how much comes back. You're not going to be a better team. Afterwards. So for that, for that reason, I say, I say that you just give him what he wants and build your team around <laughs> well, hold it. Hold on. If it means you, ne- you negotiate and then eventually cave and give him. I don't even think you it's really negotiate. It's, like, it's at the point. Yeah, but, I just wanna, I'm saying, though, like, we've had a tough. It's like I I love Austin Matthews, but I want the Leafs to win a Stanley Cup more than I want Austin Matthews to retire as as a Maple Leaf is what I'm saying. So like, if Kyle Dubas or whoever is the GM at the time, like there's there's a ton of possibilities when you open up the the floodgates of like what if the Leafs decided to not bring back a guy like Austin Matthews who like I get it he is the best Maple Leaf that we've ever seen and he'll go down as the best ever after friggin' probably next season he will or something like that. I'm just saying that like um it's tough. It's tough like cuz he's he's not he's he he won the Hart Trophy last year but he isn't this year. Right? He's not even close to that and he has he has the same amount of goals as William Nylander who makes half of 15 million dollars a year. Yeah, small sample um, size. He's been in the league for like 8 years and he's on pace for 60 goals and half of them. Like it, I'm not anti I'm not anti this take. I'm just saying that like that means you're looking at you're looking at a uh his contract's up in two seasons, right? Well, well, well I mean, so, so one we, season after this. Yeah, okay. Like next year is the so, last year. So, th- so this July, because yeah. what what happens to these deals? When, you can sign them a year in advance. So, if Matthews hasn't signed his extension by training camp, you should probably be looking at trading him because no. if he walks for nothing. No, you hold on to him and you you hope he signs and let him walk for nothing if that's what he wants to do. You don't trade so, the guy. You don't. You, so, you risk it because it's not worth it. You will lose. You said it yourself. You will lose and then your team is in shambles. If you trade Austin no, Matthews you, you will. You you will lose if you let him walk for nothing. That's what I I'm mean, saying. Like, like, but y- y- you risk it. You You say, okay, we couldn't get it done. Let the season play out. Let him score three goals a game and then give him 17 million for eight years and just say, we did it. Okay. We caved. You don't, you don't, if, if it's not getting done, it's because Dubas is holding out and you don't trade the guy. You decide to stop holding out. That's the only option. There's just that you go back. It, it, it hasn't happened in a long time, but you look back at like the eighties and nineties when like super duper stars were traded all the time for, uh, you know, a bevy of picks and prospects. Different and era, sometimes it worked out in era. the f- I don't know. I mean, like Wayne Gretzky I'm, was traded guys for have been scoring 50 goals a year for since before, you know, HW was born. And, uh, um, it's tough, man. This one's tough. I, I want Austin Matthews to be here forever, but I want the Leafs to win. I think, I, I think the only tough part of the negotiation is that we are going to have to, I think that there's going to be some hope that Matthews recognizes oh, geez, our big four are making so much money and that makes it harder for us to win. Maybe Matthews will take a discount and only sign for $10 million over eight years. And when he doesn't do that, it'll be tough for us to swallow. That's the only tough part that's going to happen. It's going to get paid. I ho- I would love it to be $15 million for eight years because that means we get another eight years of watching Austin Matthews. What a treat. I read David Pasternak is, is projected to sign an eight year, $88 million contract. Right. I mean, David Pasternak, like we just, we talk about guys like not Alex Ovechkin, right. That just score a crap load of goals in the NHL every single season since they've been here. That's David <coughs> Pasternak. So $4 million more for Austin Matthews and David Pasternak. hundred percent. Not even close. Eight Pasternak's tainted. He played for the Bruins. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. It is I tough. Well, I mean, battle, what's yeah. tough is like for eight years is the reason why I would do it. I don't. I think it's very unlikely Matthew signs for eight years. Matthew sees the dollar signs. He's gonna. He's gonna go the latest possible. He can then resign for eight years. So he's gonna say like, why would I sign from age twenty seven to thirty five when I can go from age twenty seven to thirty one and then thirty one to thirty nine, and then like because you think at Matt, Matthew's age thirty one or thirty two, is a team gonna give him? 15 million by eight years probably if it's not the Leafs like you go to the open market 31 year old Austin Matthews they'll say like yeah I'll trade four years of Austin Matthews to get four years of bad so it's a big difference versus like what's contract is Austin Matthews signing at 35 it's not 15 million dollars all right what's the next one spicy all right so Nylander trade talks will rise as Matthews contract lingers yep 
I mean, you gotta I'm, gotta make room for the Rays somewhere, and with the season Nylander's having here, probably only do better the same next year. These he's every year he's just only done better, so he's probably going to be commanding anywhere from nine, probably nine million, similar to what Kadri got. Yeah, I I don't see us fitting him. At least I don't see him choosing to stay here over another team that's going to give him ten. I don't know. Nylander is, is an interesting one. I put him and Justin Hall in like the same category where it's like, I don't know if these guys have a good reputation around the league. Like the Toronto media, people listen to the Toronto media. And the Toronto media does not love William Nylander. But, but the stats obviously are very, very generous. That's yeah. why I, like, I think you can get Nylander for less than market rate. But I do think that like eventually like if Matthew's getting a raise, Nylander's earned a raise. Marner, Marner was overpaid to begin with, so maybe he's now getting market rate. He'll probably get a raise. John Tavares is the only one that like it'll go down. He'll go down, go down, but he he'll go down a lot. He'll go down a lot, and but he has an extra year. Like he he doesn't exactly. him and Marner don't expire for two years, so you yeah. have to have one year of making it work. So I don't know. But then like so then uh, we're talking about trade talks here, right? Like Nylander trade talks, yeah rise it, you know he's been in the news forever and like we watch him score on the blues and it's like how many times did you think that he maybe could end up a st louis you know blue uh many years ago Pareko, um, yeah for colton Pareko, you know so like i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past him to trade him at all but then like and this is going back to the matthews discussion but like I just have a hard time seeing how like the Leafs are just so much better. They just keep getting so much better, get, getting rid of Nylander. And, well, like I, I think that there's no chance he's getting treated this year. Like he's going to be on our team this year. It's it's gonna be what happens in the playoffs. We have another first round exit. I could very easily see Nylander shipped out. Either if that's because Dubas finally decides to sh- to switch it up, Core Four isn't gonna get it done. Or because Dubas is out, some new guys here to switch it up. But Nylander is just going to be the first of those core four to be shipped out. So if, if it doesn't go well, he's going to be gone. If it does go well, then I think we can't afford him <laughs> and have to ship him. Well, out. no, because he's still here for another season. It's just whether you trade him, right? Because this is about trade talk. It's whether you trade him because now he has that one year left, that easy one year to trade away. I think it all depends on how we do in the playoffs this year. Okay. Uh, Bunting will sign with the Maple Leafs long term. It's a hard one because I know, like, the first couple weeks of the season, I felt like people saying, Oh, he's gonna sign an eight year deal with the Leafs. Bunting yeah, currently 27, that would take him to uh, I think like age 35 or 36 is what it would end up being, which is like quite a long time, like, even at three million ish. Like, I don't. I don't know. That would be very much of like short term gain for long term pain. I don't know if that's. I think they. Some of these eight year deals, like, it's crazy because who's the last guy to end their eight year deal? It's Ovi. Although Ovi might have signed for more than eight years because that was like so long yeah, ago. It was one of those mega deals. Well, I, actually, I guess it'd be uh, Crosby. Cr- Crosby signed eight years. Um, yeah, it's like some of these guys. Well, like, and, and Taves too. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard imagining the end of like any of these. Um, I, I heard somewhere read somewhere, like you're hearing like four and a half million dollars by eight years. Yeah, no way. That, that would be crazy. That's like a Zach Cassian deal. He's like, like Alex Kerfa is like a 50 to 60 point guy. I got paid three and a half. I guess he's like 40 to 50 point guy. it, that's like, like it's like pay. four and a half million for like one or two years, but for eight years, it's got to be lower than that. I don't know. Yeah. I think that bunting is interesting because he's so unique on our team for the same reason why Muzzin was so valuable to our team or Camp is so valuable to our team. It's just like they fill a niche that we don't have an abundance of. And you can when bunting is doing his thing out there. I don't honestly, I don't really get it because like I see losers like Brad Marchand out there and i just like hate them with a passion they're the worst bums of the earth and i don't get why other teams hate michael bunting other than yeah, i guess he just talks to them maybe he has a nasally voice or something i don't know but like other teams seem to hate the guy 
but it works. Like other teams hate that guy. They, he just gets out of their skin and he scores goals and he can, he, he's more than the sum of his parts when he's playing with Matthews or Tavares or Eland or whoever he's playing with. And I, I think we do need someone like that there. It's kind of a diamond in the rough situation. I mean, he kind of is right now because he's getting paid so little, but if, if locking him up for long-term is going to keep his cap at low and I'm, Certainly, if it was four and a half million, I wouldn't even think about it. So long, have fun with uh, Mikheyev over in Vancouver if that's what you're getting paid. But I'm thinking more like if you're getting five year, six year, at closer to two and a half million or something like that. Yeah, I, I would like to keep punting around. I think he uh, he provides value we don't get elsewhere in the lineup. The other thing that scares me about bunting a bit is that like we started him early in the year in the bottom six, and he just like didn't work in the bottom six. So like if he needs top line talent to like showcase the best of his ability, once he starts declining and is not a top six p- talent, he's going to decline a lot. Cause like you put him on the fourth line and he just mm. doesn't have what he does best. So that that's what kind of scared me earlier on. And I think like Leafs might've been leaning towards giving it to him. But then when they like that, that was what was so great about Zach Hyman, right? You put on any line mm. That line now yep. works. He's the engine. He's fantastic. Michael Bunting is not Zach Hyman. Right, but what is he, 27, so 28? Uh, he's 27 this year. He turns 28. Like I'm thinking a five-year five deal. I, eight years is risky for any player. But if you get him for well, five years, long term, five years is long term. I guess five years doesn't have to be eight years. Um, yeah, I... Uh, so, like suggesting this uh, the Leafs haven't signed anybody long-term outside of the the big five right nobody's gotten uh that that much term well I mean darn four years Muzzin and Brody both got five years and like we we have guys man those were five-year deals Anderson was here for five maybe I'm thinking of forwards anyway yeah, I guess I'm thinking of forwards yeah. because of the I'm saying like the constant churn that we've had the last three seasons, right? Uh, at those spots. I wonder what the Maple Leafs see in Michael Bunting to say, like, he's he's the one that we much must latch on to, aside from the fact that like he's the one that we could get for two and a half million or something. Right. Cause like if you wanted the perfect guy, the like it probably should have been Zach Hyman. Right. But Zach Hyman right? was but he's probably asking for five, four million more than Bunting's asking. Right, he's like five. He's a five million dollar guy. So Bunting, um, didn't Matthews get or Hyman get? How much did Hyman get? He got a lot. It's five five million. Five million six. by seven, or maybe or maybe it was five point five or something like that. But it's definitely a five. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the dollar amount does matter as well. Like if Bunting's really to do like two million dollars a year by eight years, then like go the eight years and like that. The if he's overpaid by a million bucks in year eight, you can live with that. It's just like so. It does kind of come down to the dollar value for me, but I feel like $2 million be a stretch. But then again, he gets paid 900,000. He loves it in Toronto. Well, what do you think is uh, the, if you were Michael Bunting, what would you do? I would sign here as long as you can. Like for me, I like, I don't understand how athletes can go to loser teams and collect their paycheck and enjoy losers. Like I hate losing. Mm-hmm. And I say like in here, you get to play with Austin Matthews. You put him anywhere else. You get to play with Austin Matthews. No, because Austin Matthews signing eight years of the lease, right? <laughs> <laughs> what would you do, Rye, if you were Michael Bunting? It's it's difficult because it's not like the guy's made a lot of money. You know, like this is the kind of, this is the money that he's going to have to retire on. Not that you can't retire on eight years at two million dollars, but this is like his big contract. He hasn't made any money before this. And if another team is willing to give him seven years at three and a half, well, that's that's a lot of money. You know, that's his kids. And I don't know. I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if other teams come knocking, wanting a guy like Bunting, especially the notoriety he has playing with Matthews. Like teams know who he is. He's teams like having a guy like that on the roster. But I do know he likes playing in Toronto. So it's uh, it'll be interesting. I agree. I think he would. I think he would chase the dollars. I. I. I don't. I, just like these guys always chase. I, the I know. I'm. I would say. Is, is, no, they, just, they say always go good, for the money. That's a good segue to uh, the next well, prediction. Well, wait. I, I want to finish this point though because I was. I watched the 40 minute Leafs blueprint, which everybody should. That's great. And um, something that stood out for me it was listening to G- Mark Giordano talk about you know playing in Toronto and how much he. 
like like why he stayed, right? How it was an easy decision for him to stick around because he's close to family and like the Leafs are a top-notch organization, da 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 da. And he can afford to do that because he's 38 and has made a crap load yeah. more money than, you know, where he could have probably got an extra million dollars or so playing somewhere else. Yeah. But I just don't think that Michael Bunting's in that same situation, even though like he's has all the same reasons as Gio to want to stay. Um, uh, yeah. So it's a lot of money. So I, I just feel like he's going to, especially the way that he's been playing the last like couple of months, someone, someone's going to offer him some money. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's going to get a lot more than two and a half million. Mm, we'll see. So it is difficult. It's the, are you only what you are because you play with Matthews? You know what I mean? Like if you were another team and you wanted to bring bunting in to play with your number one center, who's a shell of what Matthews is. And then you just find out, Oh shoot, this guy, uh, he kind of needed Matthews and Barner and Elander to really excel and be the four and a half million dollars that we're paying. Then all of a sudden you're stuck with Michael bunting. Who's just kind of a feisty fighter guy. And he's on your team for the next seven years. Yeah. It's risky. Okay. The next one. Um, Wait, Tim, which one were you going? Well, I was, I was just looking like as we're talking about UFAs that are going to leave and chase the money. David Camp is going to get a raise. Pierre Engvall? Nick Kiprios thinks Nick, Pierre Engvall is going to get a raise. I don't know about that. But what do you guys think? Do you think Camp and Engvall are going to be around next year? No. Neither? P- David Camp makes $1.5 million, right? Yeah. And a big part of why he's decided to resign in Toronto or, or sign in Toronto. Maybe in the first place was Andre Kasha being here as childhood best friend. Mm. And he's not here anymore. And no, I, I don't think so. I, I think cash has just played his way out of Toronto in that he's like, he's going to get paid more money as like a shutdown center. And the least you mean is, camp. You sorry. Kasha. Yes. Camp. Yeah. Camp 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 will get paid by someone to be their shutdown center. And the Leafs say like, in our bottom six, no one can get paid more than one point five million. Yeah, really. I, Especially with Matt, I disagree for the same thing I was talking about for Bunting. Like, we need Camp. I think it's worth it having Camp. And and what do you mean? Like, he's going to get a raise? He's like our fourth line, fringe third line center. It's not like he's playing big minutes or he's lighting up the score sheet. It's not a sexy name hitting the free agent board. It's David Camp. Is he doing think- even? Is he even doing anything for us that he wasn't doing for Chicago? That no, He's that's a more really goals. good point. Yeah, a little but bit. You're not bringing Camp really in point. for scoring depth. You're bringing him in to do exactly what we want him to, to be your defensive fourth line center. He should be a fourth line center on a contender. What he should be, and that's exactly what he basically is for us. It's kind of a hybrid third and fourth uh, line, depending on how you look at it. But it's I I think he's probably going to get two million next year. Like that'll be his race Min, minimal two million for two years or something, and we're going to hold on to. It. I, 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 I'm pretty confident. I, I'm going to say camp is going to stay. I definitely think Engel. There's no way we could afford to keep a guy like Engel. He's going to underperform. Guys. I don't think he's worth a two and a half. Man. At least he hasn't been so far. But camp, I think, will make. We don't have anyone else. We have no centers. We have, we're going to have like Hollowell in the weeds to replace camp. No, you. Olmberg. You're right. Ryan's right. I mean, how much more could he really demand? Hey, you guys severely underestimate the other general manager in this league. Vancouver says like has a three by four million dollar, uh, no, three million by four year contract offer waiting with his name on it. Camp scores in the playoffs. We need him. Willie scores Hall, in the playoffs. The other part of this prediction is that Hall stays. I think Hall stays. Yeah. He's Dubas's guy. What if Muzzin, Muzzin's gone, assuming. Either traded or just buried on Robita Island. Let's Hall stay. What's bro? What do we have any D uh, other defensemen contracts expiring? Is Brody two years from now? Yeah. So we have Riley for many years. Bro. Well, no. So Brody is expires next season. Hmm. Lily Green expires next season. Giordano expires. And Sandine. And Sandine. Yeah, Sandine would be wow. next season. So we have the only defenseman after next season signed is Morgan Riley. So what do you want to sign Hall to Tim, like to a multi-year deal? Do you see him being like a core part he's, of your defense moving he's forward? He's 30 now. I could see him get like another ugh, 30 two by two. 
I don't you don't know. want him that. Like he, I would say, if anything, give him a one-year deal so that, like, when just your entire decor expires at the same time, and you're able to just do a complete refresh. Like, I don't, I don't think I want him on there for two years. I, I say, let him walk or give him a one-year deal. I don't know if I want to give him like, more. Like Ilya Lavushkin got two point seven. Yeah, Brand, he's, he was younger. So another team's gonna pay him or something. Like I, I don't. I think Hall's gone. I think he loves. I think he loves Minnesota. Yeah, and he friggin' that guy loves Minnesota, and I, I could just see him signing somewhere where he's either in Minnesota or close to Minnesota. All for Dumbo, maybe even taking a little bit of a pay cut to be in friggin' Minnesota. Maybe. All right, that dude loves Minnesota. Somebody has to. Do we have any left? Home. Yep. Uh, this will be Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray's last season, full season together. So, assuming that probably means Samsonov walks, we're, we're probably not trading oh. Murray here. No, but we have to. Like Murray's signed for next year, and Samsonov is an RFA at the end of the next year. Right. So that's what so I'm saying. Both- like either like so. This is saying that one of them will be gone. I think it's probably yeah. more likely Samsonov will be gone than Murray. That's what I don't I'm know. saying. If if one of the, I, I if, think they're probably both going to stay. But if one of them was going to go, it's probably Samsonov. You're not going to trade Murray's contract. No. If the salary cap goes up one million, that's that's uh, projected, and the Leafs give David Camp a raise, and Michael Bunting gets a little bit of a raise. It's a lot know, of a raise. Da 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 da. Got Kerfoot and Engvall are coming off the book. That's big. I'm just saying that, like, I think at some point the Leafs are going to have to stop paying so much to their backup goalie or like just the whole goaltending tandem. And I think Sam Sodov's gone. Hmm. Okay. I think Sam Sodov's gone and they like Matt Murray and cheaper option backup. But like, again, cheaper. so much of it's going to come down to playoffs. Like assuming I'm assuming right now that Matt Murray's going to be our guy in game one of the playoffs. If he plays all seven games of the first round, we lose in game seven. Cause that's the only way we know how to do it. And he looks fine. The same similar to what Jack Campbell looked last year in the playoffs. Are you going to trade away Samsonov and get a lesser goaltender to be back up and say, yeah, we're going to try it again with Matt Murray at that point. Uh, I don't even want to think about losing in game seven again. I think that that, that one's premature. You can't know. We've, we're only seeing them both for like 15 games. Let's see what, where we're at the end of the season, how playoffs go. Who's even the guy in playoffs. What if Murray doesn't even touch the ice in the playoffs? Like we, you, you don't even, yeah, yeah, it is, uh, it, it is, I mean, it's early, like, because we're only saying this right now because Matt Murray has been playing well as of late and Sammy smiles kind of has it, but yeah, that could change next week. Uh, but no, Boys. I just, Matt, Matt Murray, Matt Murray, man, that's, this is, sounds dumb, but I watch him like, that's a playoff goalie. Like, I just feel like he's going to do it. Guy's got a mustache. I hope so. Let's, Let's talk about doing it. Uh, number two, the playoff curse ends. Assuming that means round one and not the we 50 round plus one. year one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, round one. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that we win round one. The same way I would have said we win round one for the past five years. We should win round one. We're going to be the favorite team. We're going to have home ice in the two and three seed against Tampa Bay. We should win round one because we're the better team. So, yep, it's going to happen. The Leafs are eight points back of the Bruins right now, who just lost to the Buffalo Sabres. Mm-hmm. Um, Didn't they lose to Ottawa earlier, like last week? Both yeah, and I mean, we still have a handful of games. We still have, I think, three games to play against the Bruins this year. Um, the Leafs could make up grounds on the Bruins and take that number one seed as well. That's totally possible. Possible, not likely. Yeah, I wouldn't count on the top seed, but I I think we play Tampa. Ugh, yeah, I, yeah, if it's not I the top we seed, beat, we win the round, dude. If it's not the top seed, we're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, there's just I don't see any well, it's, way. It's Detroit. Like Detroit's the only the team Red that can Wings, catch yeah. them. There's yeah, it's just not there. No, or or the Sabers. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, well, no, no. I'm saying like 
like uh, uh, it, it, the the same argument that the Red Wings could get up there, right? Though, yeah, but the, the, the Red Wings well. are are decent. They have some good pieces there. Sabers are such fake news. Give me a break. Are you doubting Tage Thompson? They are going so. Tage Thompson is such a bum. Like probably the worst thing that came <laughs> out of Arizona since dirt. Like no way. They're they're done. Buffalo's tanking. Wait, is Tage Thompson from Arizona too? Yeah. No. Yeah, I would say it's more likely that Florida turns the season around and catches them than either Buffalo or Ottawa or even Detroit. Actually, they're actually not that far down. They're only three points behind. This, what? This guy's from Phoenix, Arizona. You're telling me him, Austin Matthews, and Matthew Nyes all from Arizona? It's a hockey town. The th- it- three of the five best players in America and God's <laughs> earth. Are you referring are to yourself as same, one of the other ones? The same desert. Give me a break. Um, yeah, I think it ends too. I think I think it ends. I think the Leafs, the Leafs just just like embarrassed the Lightning uh, earlier in the season. And I get it, the Lightning didn't play awesome, but I think that's the Lightning. So, um, one of these years the Lightning abs- yeah. won't make the finals, right? It's, it's gonna happen. One of the one of these years the team that we meet in the first round isn't gonna make it to the Stanley Cup final, right? A lot of this depends on if Wes McCauley is refing. Oh is my God. Uh, Leafs make the final four. That's a tough one. Is the, is the, the so final his, prediction. His prediction was that the Leafs make it the final four and no further. So we lose in the Eastern Conference finals. So, so that would be to, it like to Boston or whatever? Yeah, that'd be losing. No, we I guess. make Boston in the second round. Right, that's oh, he lose oh, to one okay. of the loser Metro teams. Oh, so oh that's so dumb. He's no, we not beat, a chance. We beat Tampa, we beat Boston, and then we lose to Carolina. That's what the prediction is saying. Not necessarily to those teams. It's so like, chalk but, to say like, well, yes, it will be Carolina because they're the top seed in the Metro. Like, <laughs> they will, you know. Well, that's what I said. I I just looking at who they are here. I it's, I it's think funny. Uh, that that's a weird one to call like specifically the final four we're good enough to beat boston but not the rangers like what i don't know the leafs are winning it all this year mark it down it's the parade See, i mean we, we've been just so scarred with seeing like the team that we face in the first round go to the finals like in my mind if we win the first round we're winning a stanley cup it's obvious <laughs> I, I feel the same way i'm not you, you you there's no way i'm scared of any of these metro teams and frankly i'm not even that scared of the Boston Bruins. It or like any teams in the West. The West, like the West, is a joke. The West is a joke. If we make it past the first round, it's a cakewalk. No, but like in all honesty, you think of what this team would be <laughs> if they didn't have those, as famously put in the uh, All or Nothing documentary, all those skeletons in the closet for Matthews and Marner, and just the team as a whole. Like once you get that first round monkey off your back, I feel like it's it's the the Leafs car hitting the freeway. And all of a sudden, like we could just drive and we're going to just go all the way because there's just like the hardest part is done. We made it past the first round. Let's just play hockey and win. And, and we're why so do, good. We are why do we do team. this to ourselves? We're just setting ourselves up to be hurt no. again. In one of these years, they're going to do it. And Wes McCauley says no, Ryan. They're going to do it on a year that we predicted because we're going to predict it every year. So 2023, the year of the Leafs. That's right. In the Leo the Leafs cast. Um, okay. Would you rather these are just a, a total random hypothetical here? Would you rather the Leafs make the final four and lose or completely fall off a train uh at the end of the, the second half of the season, earn the first overall pick, and draft Connor Bedard? I Ooh. would rather make the second round and lose. <laughs> I just want to win. I don't care about falling off a train and getting Bedard. Listen, I've seen Laffy and you know all these other losers go to teams. There does nothing. I don't care about Bedard. Give me the wins. Give me the Ws. That's all that matters to me. Connor Bedard has almost the most points of anybody <laughs> at the World Juniors ever. Yeah, he's pretty good. He'll he'll be he'll be pretty good. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. No, there's no way though. We we could we could have the worst record, and they'd probably still give give him to uh like Montreal or something. That would be annoying. I, he's going I to our division. It. You know he's going to our division. These guys all end up in our division. It, uh, that'd be nice if he wound up uh, out west. That'd be nice. Arizona, hockey land. Not that one. The game even looked worse there. Yeah, it did. Right? The like, shadows like, the and cameras the, and stuff. Their, their broadcast is like always off the colors. It's been like an ongoing it, thing. 
that they just it was super ugly it was first time i've seen it i had never watched a coyotes game this season tim are you telling me you've been watching the coyotes games and i know all tuning in he's spawning the next cage thompson all right big games this week are they i don't know what do we got? Let's look. <laughs> <laughs> if the Leafs are in them, of course they're going to be big teams. Okay, so on Tuesday, tomorrow night, Sheldon Keefe will be screaming at the Blues once again, taking another fine. In Toronto, though, uh, the Kraken come to town on Thursday. And then we have a back-to-back this weekend, the Red Wings on Saturday, and the Flyers on Sunday. All right. Exciting. Pretty middling so, week, middling teams there. Yeah, we'll say I'm going to say a couple cupcakes and uh, the Leafs. Remember the Leafs used to win every game. Why not win every game? All right. Undefeated 2023. Tim's going to watch every game, which means they'll win every game. New Year's resolution. The uh, um, the Flyers, though, will be rested when they play against us. They don't have to play the night before. So that's always kind of a little bit of a trap game. Uh, and they're probably the best team out of this group. Wow, no, no, probably Seattle. Correct. I don't know. Who um, cares? We're going to beat them all anyway. We are the best team out of that group. I don't know. Hey, Philly, Philly has a, an Allison on the team. Wade last, Allison. Did you? How much did you guys love it in that Leafs blueprint when they played the clip of Geo and like the world of wrestling thing beating up a Konechny in Philadelphia when he went and like tackled him to the ground? That's so funny. Players are fun. That thing was great. Makes you want to rewatch the All or Nothing. Yep. I thought Never the same again. thing. <laughs> Never again. Can't, I couldn't uh, handle it. All right. That's enough. Are we done? We're, We're done. That was a long one. Team Canada's back in action tomorrow, too. Who'd they play? Wait. Oh, wait. Today's Sunday. I'm so lost. I was like, the least play tomorrow night on Tuesday. Today's Sunday. I'm a mess. I haven't worked in days. Check out my new hat. Very nice. Go Leafs, go. Watch the YouTube feed to see Steven's hat.